What's up everybody, it's your girl Lash Maurice and this is Let's Talk Real Talk. I know it's been a while since there's been an episode, the last episode that you saw. I believe I touched on the Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, um, New York Fashion Week situation and that was an IRL video. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. That takes up entirely too much fucking time when I can just sit here and record. But, um, yeah, this is the first episode of 2019, and I have a special guest with me, Biggie Johnny. What's up? <laughs> so close, Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, um, I don't have, like, a shit ton of topics, because not many things have been, like, really going on this month. Besides the um, surviving R. Kelly things and me digging into that, and I really wanted to get an episode out about that because um, this shit is just trifling as hell, and the stuff that's coming out about it, and the <laughs> the, the the families that are involved, and how um, the shit is starting to look a little sketch. It just it it needs to be talked about um so that's what we're gonna do today uh we watched the the docuseries together as like they were coming out um and it's just it's it's just the it's an unfortunate situation i know genios and i had touched on this when it like first like became a thing back in 2017 and it's just it's just disgusting like John how do you feel about this he should be burned in the flames (laughs) so if you guys don't know what the surviving R. Kelly docuseries was it was basically a series about the alleged sex cult um that R. Kelly has had for several years. It included details about the sex tape that was released in 2000. Um, It had several of the women that he had sexual relations with and who have been around and and out of the cult over the past damn near, I want to say 25 years, starting with his marriage to Aaliyah down to him giving one of the girls um, herpes within the last two years. Um, it's it's a disgusting story. Lifetime, I think, production-wise, did a great job. But with the information that's coming out now, with um, Joycelyn Savage's family basically using this to gain a platform themselves and less of them rescuing their daughter it's it's becoming like a bigger thing than i guess what lifetime expected it to be you have youtube channels like daytime tea time unwind with tasha k who has been covering these stories since 2000 early 2018 when this documentary was being filmed and have a lot of details and information on this stuff that I feel like is being swept under the table. But as far as the savages go, Tim Savage is really digging a fucking hole for himself now. 
John, did you finish that vlog I sent you? Yeah. It was it was suspect to you, right? <laughs> it just to me it just was it was it was weird. He was a mess. Like I get it, I understand. Like you you miss your child. You want her to come home. You feel like she's in an unsafe environment. But to start a YouTube channel and then to do all these press runs and stuff like that, it's kind it's very fucking weird. Like it's yeah. it's becoming like uh more of a thing for the family and less about Joyceland, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was two documentaries. There was the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, and then there was a BBC news documentary called R. Kelly um, Sex, Girls, and Scandals or something like that. And those were being filmed at the same time. So there's two parts to the BBC documentary. It was the first one where he's just kind of going through and he the guy he's interviewing like people in the camp he's like going he's seeing things for himself and he happens to talk to one of r kelly kelly's old managers and asks him you know like questions about the things that he's seen like how things were maneuvered back when the guy was with him and if he seen anything with late singer Aaliyah the road manager he did admit that he did get illegal documentation that forged Aaliyah's age for that marriage certificate he admitted that I feel like anybody who had anything to do with him marrying her should be thrown under the jail and it's fucking it's gross like he was 27 she was like 13 14 at the time when like he married her you hear stories on surviving r kelly that they saw him having sex with her on the tour bus and it was like why did anybody say anything back then like what were y'all trying to protect her career would have been fine. His wouldn't have. He would be in jail. And that nope. was 25 years ago. They got married like a month after I was born. That's fucking like legit a month after. The, the marriage certificate said August 30th, 1994. It's fucking disgusting. And a lot of people are saying, well, we were blinded by the music. You can say all of that, but at the end of the day, that was the first sign. The sex tape was the second sign. And the people who are on the jury for the trial are fucking just as sick as he is. Well, I didn't believe them because they were black. Well, the girl wasn't here to testify, so it's not credible. Wow. We can't condemn him because her and her family weren't here to testify. When her aunt and her uncle were there 
family, like not even family member, like people in the town that she went to school with, her teachers, her coaches were there and looked at that tape and said, that's her. And y'all just let it slide because she wasn't there physically. The identity of the woman in the tape was never really like revealed. But now that this has come out, her name is everywhere. I'm not gonna say her name just cause you know, niggas not trying to get sued out here. But I'm gonna keep that to myself. But um, back to the documentary. The one thing that seriously bothered me was the girl that caught Mono. You remember that part? Oh, yeah. Like, she almost fucking died. She was, like, paralyzed from, like, the waist down. And he wrote her mom a $1,000 check. That was so whack. $1,000? What the hell am I going to do with that? My child is in a hospital bed, and she can't fucking move. Are you giving me a thousand dollars? I don't know what he thought when he was. Mm. I don't know what you thought, what you thought but that. what you thought was wrong. <laughs> like it's just, it, oof, Jesus, sweet baby. Like stuff like that is not okay. And I've also read recently that he allegedly gave Aaliyah's parents a hundred dollars after he got her pregnant. a hundred dollars and I don't I don't like bringing her into this situation because she's not here to defend herself you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and of course her 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 mom because her, her dad passed away a long time ago but her mom isn't going to come out and speak about this her brother's not going to speak about this because they want to keep her legacy as clean as possible. But when you're talking about this man, you have to bring her up because that was the start of everyone seeing it publicly. It's like, yeah, you know, people in Chicago seeing it, hanging out at the McDonald's, which they should have been banned that man from that McDonald's. There McDonald's. Been a fucking sign on the door that says, do not let robert sylvester kelly into this here mcdonald's yeah with the sylvester part the whole thing <laughs> i just don't think that like that's fucking weird and it's creepy and it's like all his background singers and things of that nature from like his his first album with um public announcement all like the like the, the female vocals they were teenage girls so it was like you had teenage girls hanging out at your studio from time like that was a thing that you enjoyed doing that was something that you needed around you and even one of the girls who was doing backup for him at the time said the first time I ever saw him mess with an underage girl, it was one of my friends and he had her bent over in the booth in front of everyone. Like shit like that, man, that shit is fucking, it's gross, bro. That's 
They should have burnt the studio down. They keep playing. Well, after the documentary aired or whatever, there was like a search warrant that went out for the studio. And it was said that an hour before police went to go investigate the studio, someone was seen leaving the studio with like computers and things like that. Wow. And it looked like someone had been living in the studio. And I was against like the building managers, like I guess like their contract or whatever, like their lease. Like, it was mm. supposed to be a studio, but there was, like, a bed and some shit in there. Like, a living situation in that studio. As well as the fact that at the end of the documentary, uh, one of the girls, her name is Azrielle Clary, her parents went to the studio looking for her. So, could it have been that that was where he had her living? Probably. And then, what are y'all seizing the computers for? What are y'all taking the computers for? I feel like... You know, if, shoot, you know what was on there. <laughs> I feel like if they were going to, you know, investigate the studio, it shouldn't have been public knowledge. Because that gave them time to go in there and take things out. Like, if they just would have showed up and busted in that bitch, mm -hmm. it would have been raps. But because it was on the news... Two days prior to the search, they were able to go in and get shit out of there. Um, I want to talk about Sparkle a little bit. Uh, she's like a main factor in this whole thing. And then we'll talk about his wife and Lisa Van Allen later on. Um... Sparkle's story about how her niece got involved, which is the girl on the tape, um, it was very strange to me because after doing some research and things like that, there were some holes that were filled in by other people. Um, like her saying that um, how she came to meeting R. Kelly. She said she met him with a friend. She wanted to sing. She that wanted you know him to hear her sing. She didn't sing at that particular moment. And then she came back a few years later, which was around the time that they were recording Aaliyah's album. Mm. And then that's when she sang for him. What she didn't say was that her husband at the time, which was a member of public announcement, was the one that introduced her and how, you know, she was like in that inner circle to where R. Kelly asked her to, you know, do the vocals for Leah's album. She said she did background vocals on just about every song on the album, but AJ nothing but a number. Hmm. So there was that hole. Um, she said that Lifetime edited out the part where she talked about 
how she introduced her niece. She didn't introduce her, she didn't just, you know, come there with her niece. She, her parents were there, as well as her niece's group, which is um, for the cause, which were her other nieces and nephews. They all came down to the studio to meet him. Um, as well as the girl's father, you know, he played guitar and things like that. And that's how he ended up working for R. Kelly. So she said she introduced them when, introduced her when she was 12. So in 94, her niece was 12 years old. Well, 94, well, no, let's rewind that back. I want to say 96, because the tape was filmed between 98 and 2000. So she was like 12-ish. So I kind of figure with the situation is that because he couldn't get to Sparkle, he felt like the best way to get under her skin was to get at her knees. Yeah. Because he couldn't have her. Alright. That's fine. I know another way to get to you. And what's going to hurt your core. Is this little girl right here. That's how I feel. Because that's how it sounds. He wanted he wanted her. She didn't want anything to do with him. Alright, cool. Bet. Now watch this. Type shit. Until this very day, her niece is still with him. It is 2019. Yeah, so wild. So the tape... The tape happened. No, actually, no, we're going to rewind it. He's married. They have this big, beautiful house. And... He has his wife trapped in their bedroom. She has to ask permission to come out. She has to ask permission to eat. She has to ask permission to use the bathroom and all this other stuff, which is fucking trash and terrible. She, she's so because she's locked in the room, she doesn't. I felt like she didn't know what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. it's like, if I have to ask you to do all of this stuff, I'm not freely just walking around the house. Meaning, I don't know what the hell you're doing. I don't know what's going on. I can't see that you're doing any and everything that you fucking want and on top of that on top of doing all this shit you're coming back and you're having sex with me because now by this point I have two kids by you Lisa Van Allen is probably one of the girls you will you can see the most around him and I just recently found that out the 
first <laughs> music video she appeared in, I can't remember the name of the song, but you can see her face clear as day. Then the I Wish video, she was braiding his hair. She's the girl sitting behind him braiding his hair throughout the entire video. And then it was another video that she was in. I can't I also cannot remember the name of that song. But the I Wish video, you can straight up see her face. She said she met him when she was 17. <laughs> and it was at that first video shoot. And she is basically the one. The well, the reason that the sex tape got out. She said that he told her that Sparkle's niece was 16. And that, you know, they were going to do threesomes and film videos and all this stuff. By this time, Sparkle's niece has already been trained. She knows what to do. She knows how to please him. She knows how to interact with him and all this stuff. So she's set and ready. He has to direct her. He has to direct Lisa on how to do everything and get her to do it the way he likes it. And this whole time, he's filming everything. So she says she goes and into a hotel room and she goes into his duffel bag of tapes that he carries with him everywhere first of all no one found out that find, found that any type of sus that this man is just walking around with a big ass duffel bag all the time who's doing that i would have questioned that immediately what like what is this what are you doing so he had the duffel bag tapes in the hotel room she goes through she finds the tape that has him, Sparkle's knees, and her on it. She says she fast forwards through the tape and she gets to the part where it's just him and the underage girl on the tape. My question to, to this day is, what happened to the footage of the three of them together because it's the from what i've heard the tape is only him and the other age girl like lisa's nowhere on the tape so did someone chop, got deleted so did someone chop the tape up before they sent it off most likely yeah. because they knew like the age of the girl or what like i don't that, that was something that's always kind of like bothered me because everyone thinks, oh, she took a tape that she wasn't on. No, if you listen carefully, she said she was on the tape and then she stashed it with someone. Mm. And that person made copies. They only copied the part they wanted to, I guess. <sighs> so we get to... Hmm. We get to the trial. 2008. Which is, for what, why did it take, I don't understand why it took so long. If the tape came out in 2001, everyone realized that the girl was underage. Why you know, did you know why it takes so long. Because he got the money for the lawyers to keep delaying it. To age her up. So if she came in, you know, she'd be aged by the time they have the trial. It'll look better for them. 
So by the time, by 2008, she would have been 21. Cause, no. Cause she's 34 now. So that was what? Eight, nine years ago? Almost 10 years ago. So yeah, nine years ago. No, that's not math, Lysha. Get it together. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not math. 11 years ago, right? Yes. So by then. Wait, what? She, right. No? What year? I'm retarded. No, I'm still wrong. No, I'm right. 11 years. Cause it's 2019, the trial was in 08. So by the time of the trial, she would have been in her early 20s. That's smart. That is smart as hell. I would have never thought that. You're right. They waited till she was like well over age. And then on top of that, her family were in fucking Paris when the trial was like happening. From the R. Kelly money. So, Lisa, at the time of the trial, was 27. And they didn't ask her anything about the tape. They more so asked her about her personal life. So what they did was they tried to blame her for what was going on instead of getting down to the nitty gritty. So then, at the trial, you have another another girl who was around my age at the time, drawn to Pace. Super fan, excited, wanted to know if he really did it. Some way, somehow, after the trial, they get into communication. She's coming to the house, he takes her virginity. They get involved in some form of a relationship, but she's not the only girl in the house. Because the girl on tape is still around. She's training. <laughs> he tells her, hey, go out there, give me some girls. Now, this is a My thing is this. Was people really meeting up off of MySpace? In 08? Yes. Really? I thought we was on on a Facebook wave by then. MySpace wasn't completely dead yet. You're right. You're absolutely right. No, because I was still I was still on MySpace on and off until like 2010-ish. And then I just deaded it. So yeah, no, that, that makes... Okay, I get for that. That makes sense. So... She knows of a girl who she became friends with off of MySpace being that the fact that they were both fans of R. Kelly. Her name is Dominique Gardner. She introduced them. Dominique had to, if Dominique is as of 2019, cause I, I'm sure her birthday hasn't passed yet, she's 27. And at the so back then at that time she had to be 
I want to say 17, 17, 18, around that time. So they're trying to communicate with each other as, as much as possible in the house to meet up because they know that each other's in the house. They're sneaking around, they're, but they can never meet up in the house. Drana said the thing that made her finally get up and leave was that he, like, choked her till she lost consciousness and she just left and never turned back. But what she didn't tell everyone is that she also settled out of court for 5k a month and signed a non-disclosure agreement, which she broke <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> So from, I want to say, it's, it's going to take from, I want to say 2010-ish until 2017, like you were getting paid 5k a month. But I think what made her break her non-disclosure agreement is that the payment stopped coming. money. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, because he stopped sending the money, she was like, fuck this, I'm gonna tell my story. On top of the BuzzFeed article coming out at that time. So, she left, Dominique's still in the house. We move on to the next girl, who is Joycelyn Savage. We talked about her parents a little bit earlier. Joycelyn was 19, she was in college, she had dreams of singing, she looked like a very bright and vibrant girl, and she's the girl who we've seen in all the TMZ interviews in 2017 when all of this came out. And she's pretty much has been the face of this cult. Yup. Because when, when you talk about this, She's the only girl that really comes up. You don't hear anything about Azriel. You don't hear anything about Dominique. You don't hear anything about Deronda, who was who was in it for a little bit of time. You don't hear anything about the girl from the tape. The face and the name that you hear is Joycelyn Savage. And I think he did that strategically because her family is so vocal. Mm -hmm. So because of that, that's the girl that we see, that's the girl that you hear about. And it's, it's sad because the stories that these women have told about her when they meet her is like when he walks into a room she lightens up she does everything he says everything he does is so funny like she's just literally what he calls them his little pet but then you have um once he leaves the room it's like none of that ever happened and i can only imagine what everyone else is like if that's what everyone is seeing from joycelyn Then you have her parents are so vocal 
they want their daughter home. They want her to live a normal life. But she's saying she doesn't want anything to do with it. She doesn't want to come home. She doesn't want to see her parents. She's fine where she is. And that's a form of brainwashing. It definitely is. How can you be so terrible of a person to where you tear down someone so bad to the point where they don't want shit to do with their family? Like absolutely nothing to do with their family. So, while Lifetime was filming their documentary, the girls were... Well, not even the girls. Those two particular girls, which I'm talking about is Joycelyn and Dominique, they were in L.A. The rest of the women, I would like to say, weren't, were probably with him. They strategically placed those two girls in Beverly Hills to cover ass. And I'm sure he has people in his camp that's calling TMZ like, yo, the girls are going to be here at this time. We need y'all to go out there and do an interview and put this out. Because TMZ is one of those outlets where if you call them and give them a drop, they're, they're like that. They always have people in the street. They have people in the airports. They have people like outside of venues when there's time for shows and shit like that tmz is one of those places where you call you drop a dime they're there so at the time of the filming joycelyn's parents were in atlanta filming with bbc michelle Kramer, who is Dominique's mom, was in L.A. and she saw, well, she was going to L.A. to to film and she saw the TMZ video and she asked production to take them to a hotel she knows that he always keeps them at. And she gets to a hotel that they, the girls weren't there, so the guy told her to go across the street go across the street, calls the room, goes up to the room, they open the door, you know, it's it's a beautiful sight, you know, it's a, re, like, they're reunited, she tries to step into the room, and Dominique's like, mom, no, like, you can't come in here, there's someone else in here, and she's like, who else is in the room, and it just happens to be Joycelyn, so Michelle calls Joycelyn's parents after, you know, she talks to Dominique, and that's, what you see on the other side on the BBC documentary. She calls them there in the car going to a North Carolina show because they believe that's where the girls are going to be. They get on the phone with a family member that lives in LA and tries to get them down to the hotel. Come to find out Dominique and Michelle were already gone and Joycelyn is like freaking out. She's crying like she's apologizing like that she let Dominique go. So this is showing a sign that she really does, she probably wants to leave, but she doesn't know how to leave. 
But at the same time, she doesn't want to go back to her parents. So if she leaves, where is she going to go? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we get through, like, the heroic rescuing and everything. And Dominique's home with her mom. Joycelyn is still with R. Kelly. Azriel is still with R. Kelly. And then you get her parents out of everything. They met at a concert. She wanted to sing. She wanted to... Um, she met up with him. Um, and things just didn't seem right. Things went right and easy. Um, her parents found out later that when they met at the hotel for the first time, they had intercourse. She was 17 at the time and was in high school. So I want to say that she met him in 2015. Azriel met R. Kelly in 2015. She graduated high school in 2016 and that was the last time her parents saw her. This is sick. Like, I'm, like, putting it together in my head. This is fucking disgusting. Like, there's absolutely, like, even with, like, all these allegations that are coming out and having people who are physically there and in his presence and realized everything, this man should be, like, given the chair. Cleansed by the flames. He should be given the chair immediately. And then set the chair on fire. Why would you set the chair on fire if he's dead? While he's in it. Hey, I need to insult the injury, then piss on him. Because he like that. I'd piss on him. <laughs> so. Mentioned the studio at the beginning. Where I feel like that's where they had Azriel staying. And her parents go to the studio because they hear from Dominique that that's where he had been keeping her because she had tried to run away. They see a girl go and close curtains. It could have possibly been her. Don't know. Still no answer as to who that was. Um, and it's just all... It's just it's just strange like it's it's strange it's disgusting and it's gross but the the good thing that's come out of this night now that all of this has come to the surface more women who have dealt with him have come out some of them have been older like in their late 20s early 30s who have you know come out and said yeah like he's he's beat them for not doing things that he said he has done just like some of the most disgusting things i read somewhere that he allegedly as punishment had dominique eat his shit what she had rebelled against him for something or told him no like she wasn't gonna do something and he she was forced to eat his shit he gotta go man so after the the documentary well after she was rescued by her mom um she i guess he made his way back to chicago because it's like well oh no you're not you're not staying with your mama like you finna come with me like he was on a hunt for her type shit so she goes and um she was out i think she said she was i think her mom said she was out with her grandmother i think okay i have the article in front of me she was um 
she was out with you know her grandma at a store or whatever and there was a um there was a like a sprinter outside and she I'm trying to find it it's right here in my face and it's in my face okay no Ooh, scroll up she okay she said she maybe she was gone about eight days eight whoa Okay, in the documentary, it says three days after you took her home, she went back to him. What happened? Said, I had my mother go to the store that the family owns, that her family owns, and she was there with a friend, and my mother was home. So before I left, I saw a black Mercedes Benz Sprinter that he has. It was like driving around, and it turned into a parking lot to the grocery store down the street, and I was like, no, uh-uh. So I let it go. She came back and I saw her go into the house. She left the note saying, be back in 15 minutes. And I just broke down. I was so fucked up that she went back to him. Lifetime sent people counseling, but I couldn't talk to them. Her little brother graduated from eighth grade um, a month after, you know, she went back to Kelly. The last time she spoke to my son, she said, I promise you I will be at your graduation. Anybody that knows my daughters knows that she doesn't make promises. So it was like God told me she was coming back. So I just got myself together, tried not to think about it too much. It was a Monday. I looked out the window. I seen a cab. My son shouted, Mama, Nika's back. And she comes into my bedroom. She says, I told you. And she was breathing hard. She was like, I told you I, I told you you were my number one. I love you so much, Mama. And then she asked if she could have money for the cab. So she did go back. I guess she, at that time, she just wanted to get get everything out of her system, you know? And mm -hmm. she hasn't been back since. It's, as far as we know, she's been home for seven to eight months, which is good. She has an Instagram. She posts, like, she has only three pictures up there, but her mom posts her a lot. And, you know, everything seems, like, dope and cool as far as her. Says, after, what was it, and how long was that after you guys had left L.A.? She was gone maybe about eight days. I said, did something happen? She said, Mama, he was too nice. That's when she started telling me about the abuse and the beatings. He was too nice and he was just acting like R. Kelly and not Robert. Hmm. That's, that's fucking peculiar. Hmm. That sounds like a fucking setup to me. Yes. Like he was being too nice. Like he wanted to make her think maybe, you know, he's changed. Yup. And it's okay for her to come back. It's, it's fucking, that's terrible. So, the Savage family has been on a fucking press run for two years now. Um, but it's starting to get weird. Because they're contacting YouTube bloggers to... 
trying to get these stories out now. We have Unwind with Tasha K, who I really don't feel like is a completely credible source. <laughs> but um, she has been covering this story for quite some time. Um, pause it so that no sounds come out. If you go to Unwind, if you search Unwind with Tasha K on YouTube and then go to her channel and type in R. Kelly, you will find an abundance of fucking videos. The latest video was three years ago. Not three years ago, three days ago. Did I say three days? Three years. I'm retarded, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm seeing here is as of eight months ago, it says um, R. Kelly hostage, Joycelyn Savage secretly recorded confessing to R. Kelly having an STD, which is what we heard from Faith Rogers, who was the girl that is suing him for allegedly giving her herpes. Um, Crazy. There is, you know, what I was saying earlier that you know, he his team is calling TMZ and stayed in jo and Joycelyn in places to that, you know, you can see, like, okay, she's, she's okay. You know? She has videos up here alleging that Aaliyah and her mom were having threesomes with R. Kelly. There's videos. Yeah. Well, I saw that it pissed me off. I didn't bother to watch it. First of all, the video is an hour long. I'm not watching that. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Um, there's videos up here of her interviewing his brother, Carrie Kelly, who he was trying to convince to take the charge for him by offering him 100K and a record deal to say that it was him on the tape with the underage girl. Um... And it, in this interview, he discloses that it was their older sister that was molesting them, which we'll get to like later on after, you know, some things. It says R. Kelly gave a homeless woman oral chlamydia. What? After she tricked him, after he tricked her into giving him head for 3K. That's nasty. And what the fuck is oral chlamydia? Chlamydia is usually not. This video, this, which is the part one to the video that I just read about the oral oral chlamydia shit. It says, um, R. Kelly had a strong dick odor. <laughs> 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 It all <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's the herp derp. It also says that um Drawn to Pace says that um he has male lovers and um he likes things to be put in his anal cavity. Which brings me back to Dominique. Um he had basically turned her into like a boy toy almost. Well, yeah, turned her into like an, a, a boy. 
shaved her hair down, had her dressing in like big baggy guy clothes and fucking fitteds, cause those weren't snapbacks, those were straight up fitteds. You could tell what century R. Kelly is stuck in. Um, strong fitteds. I mean, well, if you don't got the head for a snapback, that's fine. But she's a woman. So, it doesn't surprise me that he likes things in his ass because he probably was having her peg him. That's my thoughts. That he probably had her pegging him. That video dates back to six months ago. Um, There's so much stuff. Oh my god. It's like the videos, they scroll on and on. It's so bad. I don't understand. I still want to know why the hell he talked to um, Wendy Williams. Remember when that I Made It song came out? I just want to understand. That's almost stupid. Like, for what? Like, what in the world? So. Who's that supposed to be? Tasha K has that. And then we have Daytime Tea Time, who had recently come out with some audio on the um, Savage Family. Well, not really the Savage Family, but more so Tim Savage. And saying that Faith Rogers is lying about some things. And um, he has recordings and audios and things of that nature. I got so tired of hearing him say audio and video <laughs> over and over. <laughs> He just kept saying it. I was like, we get it, you vape! Relax! <laughs> Jeez! He just kept saying it over and over again. Um. There was. Apparently, there was a Facebook group that said. um, so That was called what? Surviving Liars. Hmm? That had things about um, some of the women, mainly um, Ashanti McGee. On, the, on there as well as things about her and the savage family i recently saw a video that um she was during it was during the press conference remember the press conference where like they had those big ass fucking like sunglasses on and there was like a woman in the back with like <clears throat> these janky ass braids <clears throat> so basically when i guess when she was talking to the press you can see tim savage in the back mouthing answers that she was saying so they feel like she was like a plant and in the whole thing that she like basically works for them or some shit like that this is all alleged okay again I'm not trying to get sued because I ain't got shit to give you um but you can't take my debt huh hmm? what you said nothing yeah, y'all can have all of that Sally Mae did. Y'all can have that. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Um, but it's so much stuff that has, like, come out. And I, honestly, the only real positive story about any of this has been, you know, Dominique being back with her mom. Honestly, that's the only, like, real positive thing that's come out of this. Um, there's another YouTuber. Her channel was Meek at Night. She's been she interviewed um, a couple members of the group uh, 
public announcement. That hour long, and it was, oof. You got one out of someone, but you didn't get much out of another one. Because um, it's for some reason, people in his that were a part of his camp and who no longer work with him refused to talk badly about him. Like Kay Michelle, she refused to talk badly about him. But in some interviews that have come out in recent years, she has disclosed some of the things that she saw when he was mentoring her because she did live in the house. Um... She said that she was there when, like, you know, women would have to knock to ask to eat, to ask to use the bathroom. She said she was around that stuff. But, again, like, the person who decided to stay anonymous, she thought that these women were fucking crazy. But, it's a lot of stuff, like, I feel like everyone should, like, look into this. Um, another YouTube channel called Since, um day one she has a lot of information like back information about the things that were you know going on oh she has a video on here that's gonna start talking shit okay muted she has a lot of she has like tons of videos on here um his bodyguard his former bodyguard recently spoke out and about you know the Aaliyah thing and how he was there through it um Yo-Yo, rapper Yo-Yo says that somebody in his crew slipped her daughter his number when she was like 21. Um, his niece has come out and said that he tried to like seduce her by saying, you know, I think you should come live with me. What? Yeah. I think that you should come live with me. His... um manager james mason if you guys watch the bbc <clears throat> documentary you hear the savage family calling him a lot um trying to make like appointments with their daughter like they have to call him in order to get to her but because he's recently you know made death threats towards the family he had he was um it was a run out for his arrest and he turned himself in um mm. there was another woman who came out who um her name was tracy sampson she spoke out about her you know her um her uh experience with him there's also a story saying that asriel and joycelyn are both pregnant and that they're gonna have a baby at the same time like it's just it's a lot there's also you heard the voicemail right Yes. Michelle Kramer left a voicemail for drama. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And she was basically telling her, I don't, you don't, you're not having any form of contact with my daughter. She's not your friend. She was never your friend. Because she basically handed Dominique over to R. Kelly. And then she got herself out of the situation. So Michelle, don't don't fuck with her. Um, I don't know what the, the the Savage family has going on, but a lot of people are um, kind of have like their eyes out for them because it seems like they're a little suspect, you know, with this whole situation. Um, 
R. Kelly is currently under criminal investigation for the things, you know, that has come out. Um, and like I said, the identity of the girl on the tape has come out. Um, but that's stuff that you, you people can, like, look up. I'm not gonna, like, go ahead and disclose that information. But you can clearly see. I don't recommend anyone doing this, but if you Google image search... R. Kelly sex tape, you can see the girl's, like, images of the girl's face mm-hmm. and compare it to the girl and the group for the cause. And then, if you do happen to find her name, compare it to what she looks like now. That's literally the same girl. And because her family never came out about it, he was never thrown in jail about it. And the fact that he yeah. was on trial for child pornography instead of fucking statutory rape blows mine like straight up trash disgusting the family line because he was getting that money that's all that was it's also come out that they are currently broken have filed for bankruptcy multiple times that's what they get multiple times they filed for bankruptcy so it's sad it's gross it's fucking disgusting like Childish. But that that's really pretty much it. Um for the Survivor R. Kelly stuff. Uh if I find out any more information I will come back. Um and discuss ew and <laughs> and discuss it. Um because I oof, Jesus Lord. Um Yeah. But it, it, it's deep and it's fucking gross. So, gotta be a thing that, you know, I want to keep up and keep up and keep going on, on the channel. Because I really have been looking on this. And mind you guys, the documentary aired like the, what, the second week of January it is the end of the month. And I've just been digging and diving and doing stuff. Because I've wanted to do videos on it, but I didn't want to constantly keep talking about it. So I figured, fuck it. Do a long ass episode of the podcast. Have John come in because John was right the fuck there with me. Yo. <laughs> and like you know, we can share our thoughts and opinions on it. So. Video and audio. <laughs> I do want to like look into the Savage family more. I do because something doesn't seem right. And it's not more of John Jalen; it's more of Tim that I really want to. I don't like that name. John Jalen. <laughs> name don't make no sense. I want to dive more into um, what they got going on. Um, I want to do a follow-up on Faith's case because she definitely does have a case for the simple fact that he knowingly gave her herpes. And he got a musty dick. And I feel like all the everybody who's had intercourse with him over the last 10 years should get tested. They all, they all got some. Because... It, I feel like in some way, I don't think Dronda has anything. I don't think Kitty has anything. But the thing is, he had to get the herp derp from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's just passing along to these girls. Because the, some... the, the only way that Faith even knew to go get tested is because Tim Savage told her, look, I know that my daughter Joycelyn has an uncurable STD. You should go get checked out. Which means R. Kelly just been going around the world fucking niggas raw. Yes. That's disgusting. 
And as many of these women, that jungle fall off. As many of these women who've said that he's gotten them pregnant and they've either had miscarriages or fucking abortions is beyond me. Hey, my nigga, you're gross. And I, I, I'm not gonna say I get it because he was sexually abused as a child. So like, this is his way of dealing with it. Like he has to find some way to be in control and this is his way of being in control, but it's wrong. Definitely. It's, it's wrong. Like being sexually abused does fuck with you mentally, but it all depends on how you deal with it later on. You can either refrain from sex, you can become like a nympho and that's all you want, or you can be in a situation like R. Kelly when you are just controlling and you want things to go your way because as a child or a teenager, you didn't have control over what was happening to you so now you have that type of control and you enjoy that type of control and it's just only fueling the fire instead of getting counseling you feed into the want of having control sick hmm. john do you have anything you want to say other than that he needs to be burned yeah i got him four hours of uh recordings video and audio that's all i gotta say <laughs> oh tim savage tim fucking <laughs> i just don't want nobody reaching out to me on my instagram trying to conduct an interview or trying to hit me up with a subpoena because he definitely did file a police report on daytime tea time for cyberbullying over her dropping this video about him having audio recordings and video recordings of Faith Rogers. Lying. Okay, but also in that video, she said that they had 10 days. 10 days. 10 days to say something. Mm -hmm. To tell her not to put it out. Mm -hmm. And that was very morning. They to put it out. And that morning that she put the video out mm -hmm. is when he sent a copy of the police report to Tasha K, who sent it to Daytime Tea Time. And she went live on YouTube and, you know, she read off the, like, you know, what mm -hmm. he considered to be cyberbullying, which was him, which was her basically reaching out to his daughter, um, Jai Savage, to get in contact with him, to interview him about the, about this audio recording that she received of him. That is definitely not cyberbullying. At all. What? Cause she didn't say anything negative she didn't say anything rude or anything of the nature she just wanted to enter she went about it the right way she reached out to him instead of just putting it out because most bloggers would have just put it out yes and there was no me shit i would have just put it out yes and then talk to y'all later ttyl <laughs> But she went about Nobody it. Nobody says that anymore. Shut up. <laughs> she went about it in the most <laughs> professional manner, manner possible, and she reached out. And this is what you do. You you file a police report for cyberbullying. What a chump! He was popping off of the mouth, but then he talk about crying about cyberbullying. What a chump! I guess he don't know what cyberbullying is, cause that ain't it. That is not it at all. You talking about people need to be put in their place just talking real big. But he a chump. 
crazy. Couldn't be me. And I think that all these documentaries coming out at the top of the year, some bullshit, like including that Michael Jackson one. Don't even on that. We're not gonna talk about it because we're not gonna watch it because it's all false. I'm gonna start setting niggas on fire for real. I don't got nothing to lose, so everybody getting set on fire. I don't have time for that foolishness, that disrespect. I don't like the fact that they brought him and Janet up in the fucking dock either. I think that was extremely fucking trifling. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I think that's about it um, for us this week. Um, I'm going to try and do these weekly or bi-weekly. Depends on my laziness. Because I still have, well. like, <laughs> I still have, like, other, like, you know, videos and stuff to do. And then I want to stream and stuff throughout the week. And But this week, uh, I have a lot of time. So I can just, you know, pump out content as much as fucking possible. Because I'm not doing shit. So, um... You'll get a life update sooner than later. Hopefully later. But, um, yeah, that is it for Let's Talk Real Talk. I am Aisha Maurice. Um, you can find me at twitter.com underscore Lysha Maurice X3. Um, Instagram, Blue Rebel X3. Um, twitch.tv slash Maurice x 3 is where you can find me just about every day whether I'm in somebody's chat or I'm streaming myself you can find the podcast on my youtube channel youtube.com slash Maurice x 3 we won't well I will no longer be um, posting anything on SoundCloud because SoundCloud costs money and um, unless y'all want to help pay for the account that's it um, so yeah, you can find the podcast on, uh, my YouTube channel and I will be updating the Twitter, which is LTRTPod and, um, Bigger John, where can our listeners find you at? Um, I don't have an internet, so they can't find me anywhere, but under a rock. <laughs> Slash the bigger John. Okay. <laughs> all your favorite memes and art like retweets. Nah, nobody. That is. Oof. That account has fallen from grace. Don't nobody go on there. I might have to make a fourth account. <laughs> and you can hear John cooning in the background of my streams on Twitch. Most likely. Um. But yeah, that's it. And um. Damn, how long have we been? We've been recording for like an hour and a half. Oh, wait, I do got an Instagram. I got an internet just now in two seconds. Uh, if you're trying to see some quality, quality photographs of nothing, go to hit me up. Bigger underscore John. You can figure out how to spell that. <laughs> I'll leave it in the description box below. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it. And, um,.
I'll see you when I see you. Goodbye. Peace.